Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. This week, the Social Planning and Research Council and the uh, Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction have revealed the new living wage for this city. Now, as we've talked about in past years, uh, this varies from community to community, obviously, because there are going to be different factors involved in that. Uh, joining us to talk about this is uh, Tom Cooper from the Roundtable for Poverty Reduction. Uh, Judy Travis is here from Living Wage Hamilton. Catherine Kalinowski is here from the Good Shepherd. Welcome all. Good to have you guys here today. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Uh, let's uh, avoid all the drama and get right to it, uh, Tom. What's the new number? The new number, drum roll please, is $16.45. Okay. And that that's based on a calculation of real costs in the community housing, food, um, ensuring people can get non-OHIP medical, transportation, child care. So it, it's really a community-based calculation. Uh, and you guys, Judy, are doing this all backwards. You're actually doing this from a, a practical standpoint as opposed to the government just coming up with a number out of thin air and said, here, that's how much you're going to get. Yeah, no, we look at what the actual costs are in our community. And we have a committee that c gets together and sort of challenges each other about what the costs really are. We also work with a, our, our calculator is a standardized one that's used across Canada. So, you know, we still look at our we look at our local numbers, and but we have a calculator that includes things like, you know, child tax benefit and things like that that, you know, it, it impacts the income of the family, right? Yeah, and, and I was being a little facetious, Catherine, when I was saying they just pull a number out of the air, but only a little facetious because, I mean, the, the government's calculations for this stuff is all way out of hack. It's usually outdated. It doesn't take all the factors in that, that, that you have for this particular thing here, which is why so many people are behind the eight ball. It's absolutely the case. Increasingly, we see in our community people who are working hard to uh, lead stable lives in our community but are not earning enough to do that, not enough to pay the rent and put food on the table, never mind some of the extras like ongoing professional development or education or something like recreation for themselves and their children. That's a good point uh, because if, uh, I get the pushback, and I'm sure you guys do too, every time we have these discussions. Well, you know, if they're having a rough time, why don't they just go get a better job? They're trying. Yeah. Absolutely, people are trying, and I think that uh, the increase in part-time employment, precarious employment, and low-wage jobs is, is a significant factor for people. We often see people in our food bank, for example, who are working not one job, but two jobs, three jobs, even more within their family unit to keep body and soul together. And there's so many other factors that are involved in this, Tom. Obviously, we can talk about food banks, and we can talk about whether you can even make the rent payment on a regular basis. But let's let's tie some of these other stories that we've talked about over the last couple of years as well. Uh, people that are in a precarious financial situation like that uh, better not get sick. Yeah, absolutely. And many employers out there aren't providing uh, extended benefits for their workers. So uh, it's it's becomes increasingly difficult to keep yourself healthy if you can't afford medicine. And as a result of that, we see more low-wage workers particularly getting sick, having to take time off work, and that's having a huge impact not only on, on themselves, on their own health and their family's financial well-being, but certainly their company as well, uh, who need to replace those workers in the short term. And, and so what we're saying is that living wage makes financial sense. It's obviously good for the workers who are earning enough to pull themselves and their families out of poverty, but it's good for businesses too, because we have 
less absenteeism, healthier employees, and more productive employees as well. And it's not as if we're talking in the hypothetical here, really, I mean, because there was an example from a previous government where we actually instituted a wage, and there was a pilot project, and Hamilton was part of that, and we saw a marked improvement in a lot of the people that took part in that program. Yeah, I, I think it was, I, I think that was sort of the positive way forward. But, you know, I mean, we've seen what's happened uh, overall for, across Ontario with the current government, and uh, it's not surprising in some ways. But, you know, I mean, we really do need to start thinking about, you know, the fact that, as Catherine mentioned, there's an increasing number of low-wage jobs in our community. That our, uh, My organization is Workforce Planning Hamilton, and my, you know, my, and we, where we look at those kinds of things, and we see the number of low-wage jobs are growing faster than the high-skilled jobs, and they, they just don't pay enough, so many of them, all the kinds of service sector jobs that we, we rely on when we go and get our coffee and things like that, but those people are not making enough to, to live a decent life. And, and there's the disconnect there, isn't there? I mean, you know, we, you've got a government that in isolation says, okay, we're going to cancel their program because we didn't see it any benefit because they didn't read the reports. Uh, and then they canceled the, the increase in, in the minimum wage, which which is supposed to occur as well. Uh, and they don't seem to understand the, the ramifications of what this does. It just makes that gap even longer and, and larger for people that are trying to make ends meet. Yeah, I think it's really important to understand that living wage is a tool in the fight against poverty. Um, it's not the magic bullet. It's not the magic bullet. It's one piece of a, a range of strategies that are required. I think we have to challenge ourselves as employers, as members of a community, as members of this province, to say what what level of dignity, what standard of life is reasonable for our for our neighbors, for citizens in this community, for our employees, and expecting people to work and to work hard and invest in your business or your operation and not be able to meet their basic needs is really not acceptable. The, uh, the good news, I guess, and, and I, this is heartening anyway, Tom, is that there are some employers that, that take this to heart and, and have committed to it to the living wage program. Oh, absolutely. And we've been, we've been thrilled with uh, champions in Hamilton who have stepped up uh, in, in the private sector, uh, Cake and Loaf Bakery is a, is a fantastic example. When they adopted living wage, uh, not only did they hire more employees, but they opened they opened a second location as well. Uh, Catherine and her organization, Good Shepherd Centers, have been one of our tremendous uh, supporters in the nonprofit charitable sector. Uh, they have more than 500 employees, all earning a living wage, and certainly uh, those stories have helped encourage other employers right across the community and across the province, really, to step up and say, yeah, we can do this too. Well, because there was a great deal of consternation and, and maybe even a little more fear-mongering uh, when the previous government instituted that policy, the pilot project, because they said it was going to kill the economy, it was going to kill small business. And, and lo and behold, uh, more jobs were actually created as a result of that. Yeah, and we, we had a provincial government uh, a couple of years years ago that committed to uh, improve the minimum wage to $15 an hour. It was frozen by the new provincial government at $14, but we saw the impact of, of those increasing wages. It was more job growth, more disposable income for employees, more money was being spent in the community, and that's good for local economic development. So it was really a good news story that was that was stifled uh, by a policy decision by the new provincial government. Well, Judy, and again, I want to go back to this idea about fear-mongering, because oh. in, in the absence of any, any hard facts. 
people speculate and they they just think well and it, a lot of the business and the precarious employment opportunities uh, they thought were going to be negatively impacted but then we had some of these CEOs from some of these places uh, fast food restaurants mm-hmm. donut and coffee shops that actually said my god this extra money that they're getting they're spending it at my store <laughs> yes exactly. I need more employees yeah 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 and so that that's it I mean there there is a real positive spin off you know for for the for to give those folks that money locally you know like for the local businesses and things like that they all reap the benefits of that <clears throat> so it's not it's not a net loss but a net gain for for our overall community for families themselves you know i mean it to they have more dignity and as as tom outlined i mean there are benefits for the businesses that pay a living wage to their employees i mean they've they've actually done research that shows that you know the improved health of their employees the improved productivity you know those kinds of things are are really are really a measurable benefit for the employers that that pay a living wage there are other jurisdictions that do this on a pretty regular basis, and they're, they're the ones that we're kind of looking up at every time we see these statistical studies about uh, who's healthier, who's better educated, uh, who's more productive in the workforce. Uh, oftentimes, it's, well, a lot of the Scandinavian countries, even over in the U.K., uh, where they do something like this. And, and uh, <laughs> there have been some pretty small-C and large-C conservative governments over in the U.K. in the mm-hmm. last little while. Uh, including the guy that's there now, uh, but they they will not touch this. Yeah. They they just know that no 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 this is enshrined. This is what we need to do in this country. So even even the extreme right wingers over there are simply saying yeah that's that's part of our lifestyle now. Yeah, absolutely. And we you know we've we've uh, we've had conversations with the folks over in the UK about their living wage and and the the number of employers that have adopted it. I mean it's a real movement there in their country. Um, so you know I think. I think we we need to get more people on board. That's really what our 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 push is for today. Our ask is of community if the community is for employers to step up and and declare themselves as living wage employers and uh, be in touch with us and and uh, we'll we'll get them on the road to recognition and you know I mean I think there's a real benefit I mean for their image and and that sort of thing I mean as a progressive employer who who pays living wage I think is is really something that they would want to market it's you know it's a tough time out there for employers looking for employees they need things to to sell, to sell themselves to their future employees. Millennials in particular are very, uh, you know, engaged in, in sort of the activism type of thing and, and those kinds of things really make an impression on them. So if they're bring, looking to bring in the young workers and things like that, those kinds of things will really make an impact on, on you know, on their ability to recruit, you know, workers. Because I've heard stories anecdotally, and, and from employers, actually, Catherine, that'll say, you know, it's hard to hang on to people. You know, they, they, you know, they're there for two weeks and they quit. And they, but I said, well, you know, what are you paying them? If if they if they get a paycheck that is going to cover their expenses and a place for them to live and and maybe I don't know eat meals and things like that. Uh, they're going to be happier employees, but if they're not, they're looking for another job, as you say, sometimes second and maybe sometimes even a third job, which means that they can't always be available when that first employer wants them. There's there's a vicious cycle that that, that is happening here, and and you know, of course, with the work that you guys do at Good Shepherd, and and all of us, I guess, be, since we've done so many discussions about this over the years, understand that uh, that these are people that are trying to better their their situations uh, but you know, it just seems like every time they think they're getting out of the hole somebody just you know digs the hole deeper well usually it's a government policy that does that but but it's it's not as if 
you know, there are people that are just sitting there on the couch saying, well, come on, somebody help me here. Yeah, I think that uh, um, it's a very powerful message to give to your employees that we are a living wage employer. Even people in the organization who are earning well above the living wage rate as it's been established where that I think is a badge of honor as a not-for-profit who's dedicated to addressing issues of poverty and inclusion in our community it's also a moral imperative that we be a living wage employer but when you roll it back and you look at it the simple fact is investing in living wage paying a living wage has huge bottom line benefits for any community um, uh, better pay means better health, means more productivity, means less absenteeism, and as we've already talked about, more uh, uh, money flowing in our economy. It benefits across the board, and uh, I, I just can't say strongly enough, it's a win-win proposition. Well, because the people that are going to be beneficiaries of this, there's the employees, uh, Tom, they don't stick the money in their Cayman account. Uh, <laughs> right. There's no offshore stuff going on here. Uh, no, they go to the grocery store. Yeah, this is money that is spent locally in the community. And as, as, as we've talked about, it, it's improving economic development for the community as a whole. So we really need to, uh, I, I think, talk about those community-wide benefits of paying a living wage to all our employees and, and send out a challenge as well to our big employers in the city, the big public sector institutions who have come part of the way in some cases and some cases haven't even gone that far uh, towards implementing a living wage. So I think it's a challenge to them. It's a challenge to listeners and to community members to, to really talk to the places that you shop, that you frequent, uh, that you use services at to say, hey, are all the employees here earning a living wage? Don't you believe that everybody deserves who's working deserves to be uh, moved out of poverty. Well, and you, you mentioned millennials, Judy, and I yeah. mean, uh, we see that on a pretty consistent basis. I mean, I, you know, I, I know, I know a lot of them. Uh, they won't buy coffee there because it's not fair trade. They're exactly. going to go over here instead. And they don't mind paying a little bit more for it, by the way, because of, of that principle. Well, that's another question they should be asking. Uh, yeah, fair trade, that's a very good idea. That's that's something that, that you need to keep in mind. But what about the wage that you're paying the employees here? And you know, let's talk about that as well. And invariably, by the way, oftentimes you find out that the, that place that they're going to probably already has uh, a living wage. I mean, th th these are all things that we have to do. I guess the sad part about this whole thing is the one partner that we really need uh, to try to get this message across is the government, and they've really just abandoned this altogether. It's, it makes the job a lot harder. Yeah, well, they've completely walked away. I mean, they've recently announced that there's no, no they're not willing to even consider increasing the, as at, we were looking at a staged approach yeah. to 15, and they're, they're, walking, they're walking that back completely. And, you know, I mean, they really don't seem to care about that those workers that are out there that are that are that are struggling like that i mean the uh, the other thing that i find extremely disturbing is there was some really positive changes made to the employment standards act around scheduling of work and so on and so forth and and they walked that all back and 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 uh, and so you know those kinds of precarious workers that that Catherine was talking about are, you know, are even, you know, it, not only not only are they not being paid enough, but, you know, the employers have the upper hand in terms of all of their, you know, their scheduling and things like that. And it's 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 brutal out there for some of them. Well, it is because, I mean, you know, the days of, of a steady job for the next 25, 30 years with benefits uh, and va paid vacations, et cetera, et cetera, it just, that, that's shrinking, if it even exists at all for most places and most employees. 
these days. Uh, oftentimes, uh, I, I think some people, I know some people that have jobs where you just don't get holidays. Mm-hmm. You don't go to work, you don't get paid. So they can't afford to take holidays. Uh, and we know about some of the other challenges that they're facing these days. And one of them, of course, is no benefits. And we talked about prescription drugs as one aspect. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other things, too. Uh, what about dental work? It adds up. And then people are going to have to make choices. Do I pay the rent? Do I pay the hydro bill? Or do I get that filling fixed in my tooth? There's, and the other thing that you know, we don't actually build into the calculation is debt. And there is so much, you know, we know that there's high levels of debt out there amongst amongst uh, folks. And and so we don't have we don't have. So there's even that small living wage may actually be reducing, reducing debt as well. And of course, you know, it's not it's not like you're you're buying you have a mortgage. I mean, we're the calculation is based on rental housing. So, um, you know, you're not going to be building equity in a house or that sort of thing with your monthly payments. So, I mean, it really is, you know, there's no money in our calculation for for retirement savings. And, you know, we know that more more and more employers don't offer, you know, pensions to their employees. So, you know, down the road, there's going to be a cost to this as well, right? Well, and there's another element to this, too, that Tom and I have had many discussions about over the years, too, is if you find somebody who's short, you know, because they just don't have enough money or, or they've got to get this, this tooth fixed or they've got to get that prescription, bingo, off they go to a payday loan store. And, right. and, that, and that just exacerbates the problem. Yes. So th- th- this is, as, as Catherine, I think, so aptly put it, this is not the, the solution, but it's certainly part of the solution. Right. And uh, the number is $16.45. Uh, if they want to get details, where is this up on the web page? Yeah, it's at www.livingwage.ca. Uh, so employers who are interested in signing up can can go online, find out more about the program, and we will come out and, and visit them and give them a nice sticker if they agree to pay a living wage. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, guys, on all the great work that you're doing on this, and, uh, and keep it up. Uh, we certainly need it in this community. Thanks for coming in today. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.